and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Halden. And Benjamin Halden. So, just to kick us off, Lucy, how are you feeling? <laughs> Guys, I'm really ill. I'm not, it's really weird, I'm not like massively ill, but yesterday I had four injections at the same time for Nepal. Um, and obviously injections make you feel sick. I felt fine yesterday though. Today I feel very nauseous, very fluey. Mm-hmm. And we also realised today is the day that I'm officially off contraception. Why is that? Because at the end of the year, we want a baby. No, we, we're trying at the end of the year, actually, um, which I think is why I sound rough. The session is I think morning, you sound rough. I do. I can feel it. I just, I've literally, I can't even see straight. Well, That's how I feel. So You look stunning. Ben, thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I can't even breathe. Also, what I think I'll say is at the start of this one, we were speaking yesterday, I'll take this opportunity to apologise and say sorry (laughs) if I've spoken over you. I think there's a couple of comments from the episode where we spoke about running and lifting where I think I had some stronger points or my beliefs were stronger on some of the points and I interrupted you. I was potentially rude to you. And like I said on one of the comments back to someone, sometimes we get things wrong, sometimes I get things wrong. And that was one of the days where I got things wrong. I guarantee they weren't expecting you to say that as well. I think they were probably be like, oh my God, he's apologised. Takes a better person, takes a stronger person, takes a stronger person to person admit to when apologize. you're wrong. Sometimes we get things wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, I mean, I can't, we did listen back to the podcast and as we've all spoken about, I think people forget me and Ben are also married. So we, when we speak about things, I think sometimes we forget we are on a podcast as well because... We, we're very open in our relationship, how we communicate outside of the podcast. So when we're on it, we forget sometimes that we're being recorded to thousands and thousands of people. But the talking over was was very annoying. I think because as well, one of the things I value in a relationship is humour. So one of the things that me and you often do is banter each other as well. And sometimes yeah. people won't, but everyone's banter is different and some people won't understand it. So well, Everyone has a boundary for banter, don't they? Sometimes when it's, cro- we, we don't really cross our... our Bounce boundaries. Uh, well, some, we know. Part of my banter sometimes is winding you up. Yeah, but sometimes it's wound so far. <laughs> it's not. But that's when it's funnier. It's like when you've got a mate who you know his, his boundaries are small, so you wind him up more because you know it's, something's going to fly off and it's funny when it does. Anyway, I had an awesome track day last week. We did on the Sunday, actually. That was such a wonderful morning. We were very lucky with the weather. I think the Sunday morning sunshine really helped everyone's mood because it was glorious. Tell was people scorching. more about what we're talking about because people may not know. So every Sunday we had this idea, it was more so Ben had the idea to start the My Coach Track Days. Obviously we work with High Rocks and we've got the High Rocks programs and it's awesome. And we thought, Do you know what? A track day would be so freaking awesome just to have everyone down, not literally cost any money, literally one pound to get yourself onto the track and to have a session with myself and Ben do an interval session, practice running a little bit harder, be with an awesome group of people. And then we had like 16 people for the first one and then already the 30 or 40 spaces are filling up for every single Sunday. And it's an, it's a, what's the word? It's a... Inclu- uh, you give me the wanker sign. So no, I'm talking about. it's... Um, 
you no, not you can't just be a random person to sign up. You have to join the group. You have to then yeah. be a part of the community. How do people join the group? Join the WhatsApp group. We have a WhatsApp group. So if you are interested, and actually there were a few people because we spoke about it on the podcast already because there was two people who came who heard it off of the podcast. You can join the WhatsApp group. What we'll do actually, Kyle, can we leave the link below to join the WhatsApp group and then that's where we put all the information which we're going to make this WhatsApp group into a community group which we didn't actually know existed but you can't send messages in the group it's just where you'll get all the information there's over 100 people in this group and it's really just fucking awesome yeah it's for people if you get up on a Sunday morning and you think I'd like to do something with my day I don't want to give loads of it up I'd like to try something different I want to better myself I want to get up and be about it instead of lying in bed mm. I want to improve my fitness fitness levels for running and do something maybe that pushes me out the comfort zone a little bit and feel accomplished after I've done it and be surrounded by, pe- by people who are on the same wavelength as me lots of different abilities there there's no one like super elite it's not super clicky you will be pushed through by every single person there including me um and yeah just just a really really good time yeah it is any ability we did say this to everyone it's girls guys anyone whatever whatever you want to do just come along and have a great time so 9am also i think it's quite nice because there's a few people in our community who've spoken to us since you've kind of come out and said that you're not drinking as much alcohol, you're just doing it on occasions. A lot of people love getting up on a Sunday, not hungover. Yeah, that's, and yeah. it can, if you're booked on, I know it's only you're only paying a pound, but you are booked on, so you've made that commitment to come to the, the track, not hungover, because I would not yeah. want to do an interval session hungover. <laughs> like, I, you, like, absolutely not. You could do a slow run, but... I don't think I could yeah, do. and the, the reason why it's a pound, by the way, just in case people were asking, because when we first advertised, we were like, oh, it's free coaching. It, you are being coached for free during the session, but it's a pound to book on because it costs us uh, a bit of money to book the track. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't want to pay a pound and get involved, then tough shit. C- can you get like a round of applause on the box there, Cal? <laughs> oh, I'm going to find one, then I'll interrupt you guys with a nice round nah, of applause. No, it needs to be now, so it's oh, now God. or never. Oh, God. Isn't there like a... Like a a Dracula sound. This is where the whole podcast goes, goes off now because Carl's is pressing buttons. We've think... never used the buttons. No, we haven't. We can find out another time. I think I've turned them off. We'll do a manual one. Shit. Shit job. Round applause for England women's football team at the weekend. Well done, Reaching a big championship final. Yeah, that was awesome. Is that the highest that they've ever got regarding the World it, Cup well, since like the 1960s, it's too, is it? It's two massive, massive achievements because in the past couple of years they've reached two major championship finals. One being the Euros and which one, one did they win that one that was the Euros and then this one at the weekend the thing that I forgot about I put it on my story do you know who messaged me about it Andrea Spanish oh uh, yeah she was buzzing this she is Carlos oh, Carlos other half oh my god yeah I bet she was well she was happy so we didn't get a chance to watch it but we, were, uh, we went to Delamere Forest instead of uh, going to see the match yeah, but yeah won. she won well they won Oh, that's amazing. Spaniards. I mean, I just I wish they didn't win. I wish England won, but here we are. They are very good, the Spanish team. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Tactically, they were phenomenal. But even I think in a lot of the interviews, the England players were also saying they, they weren't sore losers. They were very much, the Spain women yeah. played very, very well. Well, unfortunately, I was at the Everton-Aston Villa game at the weekend. But when we were there... Where were had- you sat? Yeah, with the Villa fans. But we they had like this massive... Sorry, but that's awful. You shouldn't actually do no, that. I was with my friend going the fucking game. I'm not going to sit in the other I way. I would have. If I was a true fan. They had the England women's game on anyway, the Aston Villa game, and it was just great vibes. So like everyone who was at the game about to watch the Everton Villa game was watching the England game first outside. So I'm sorry, I thought you meant whilst the football match no, was no, going no, on. No, 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 just before, so that, that was cool. Um, I think it was just really... 
the whole thing is a great thing for women's sport and women's football in general. Uh, reaching such a big final and there being so much talk about it and hope it encourages more young women to continue playing. Yeah, I think definitely it's a really amazing space to be for women in sport because moving forward, I think it shows how many people are attracted to watching the sport because the stadiums were full, the TVs, everyone was watching it. It was incredible. <clears throat> I think it's a really strong um, place to start off of and hopefully moving forward that women's sport is more prominent. Mm -hmm. The One of the things that has come from it, I can't remember what her name is, it's the, the, the England women's head coach, manager. What do you think about this? They're talking about her becoming the men's first team coach. Who are the men's first team? England. England. Yeah. yeah, fucking great. Awesome. Like, like, I mean, that's from maybe my perspective. So when we swam, mm -hmm. all the top guys had female coaches. A lot of a lot of the top coaches in swimming were female. What's your thoughts on it, Carl? Yeah, I think it's cool. I, I think if she's, any difference. Yeah, if she's all super qualified, go for it. I don't think there's any... My thought is that not all roads need to lead... To men's football as in like it doesn't need to be used as the pinnacle like she if she wins the women's world cup and she wants to continue to do that i just don't think all roads need to like it's it, like holding it up on the holy grail do you know what i mean yeah i mean i it, think they're probably basing off that she's a good coach I don't yeah no she's, with she's obviously a brilliant coach what i'm saying is she it's not like it needs to be plugged into men's football but if she's but if she's good enough to be a coach, she can coach anyone. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's it's almost at the saying, oh, it's like, it's. I feel it's like taking the accolade away from her and going, oh, now she can go into the men's game. Isn't like the holding the men's game up on a holy grail. Right, I see what you're saying. And yeah. the, not all, what I'm saying is not all roads need to lead into men's football. Yeah. She can be the best in women's football and be the best and not plug it into men's football and go, oh, this is like another level up. Yeah. Look, not uh, all roads yeah. need to be plugged into men's football. So potentially there's an issue that actually if we're trying to make the women's game as best as it can yeah. be, taking the top keep talent the, out. Yeah, That's what I mean. Yeah, you're saying, your, yeah. yeah, totally. Sorry, agree. I thought you meant that because she's a woman, why is she no. coaching the men? No, no, no. no. Yeah, because it can't, yeah, I know, so I understand your point. I mean, if she can do a lot, I mean, could she not coach both? No. Oh, it's yeah. way too, fuck it. People lose their hair and go grey in a season of football because it is that stressful managing one team. Fair enough. Yeah, I think she's obviously, whatever she's done has worked very well for the women's team so you can understand maybe why the men's team are like, okay, we need a fucking kick of that mm -hmm. and we'll use her as well because she's that good. All all the coaches I ever had, the my female coaches are my favourite. They, they were just so much more empathetic. Like the guy coaches that I had, nothing against guy coaches at all, they have a very different way of coaching. It was even stuff like women. Some of women my... are, I think just women in general. Sorry to interrupt. Are, are more compassionate, empathetic, caring. And that's potentially why, from like a, a human perspective, people like being coached by by women. Yeah, well, they are they are empathetic. Some of the guy coaches when we swam wouldn't let us out of the pool, and I'm thinking I've got period blood down my leg. Like, come on. Whereas when I had the female coaches, they were like, "Yeah, like get out, go." It was just a different level, I think, of understanding young women and some of the the male coaches didn't fully empathise with us sometimes or how we, it was just, I think they try to, but I've, I really get on well with women coaches. The person who taught me how to play football 
and very, it was my very first football coach was a woman. Really? Lee. And she now coaches Oliver, my little, my little nephew. Isn't that funny? She's still <laughs> That's coaching. That's well cute. Yeah. Used to go to, yeah, I love that. Used to go to the field, me and my best mate Danny. Aww. Used to get coached every Saturday. And now I take with my dad, my little, my little nephew, to be coached by the same lady. And she's great. Aww, I love that. Yeah. Well, she's obviously very passionate about it, isn't it? She's very passionate. She, she just coaches all different age groups. And, you know, when you go and watch someone who's, who just loves coaching kids... She's one of those people who just brings energy and she's obviously technically a great coach, but she's just got a real passion for what she does as well. It's great to see that real um, grassroots level, mm-hmm. real real starting foundation levels of football. I could imagine myself going into coaching young girls when I'm retired. Do you remember I said to you the other day, what, what would you do in 10, 15 years? Yeah. I'd absolutely love to coach. I don't know what, I don't know if it'd be swimming or running or track, or I don't know, but whatever degree of getting young girls in sport, I just like volunteer work. I, I think I'd absolutely thrive off that. Mm. Are you planning on retiring at 36, Luce? Is that what I just calculated? Yeah. Um, to know, Cal. Yeah. I don't know when I'll retire. No, I think I'll do the po- we'll do the podcast for as long as ever. But when I say go into doing something with young girls and women in sport, I'd still be working. It would just be like a volunteer mm-hmm. thing because... I can't imagine not wanting to help young girls get into sport. So maybe just like another business. <laughs> maybe I'll start another business at 36. Yeah, it seems like you doing it one-on-one, like actually interacting with the people. Oh, that's, might what, be that's like what I mean. A, no, I, want, I think that I want, might be a waste of time. Oh, I, no, think, I, I think your impact there. could be bigger. I think mm. you could like create an organization which would enable that as opposed to like... Yeah. What's this for swimming? Yeah, no, like not swimming. Women, young girls in sport. Okay, not, give, not in a specific. Not, not a specific sport. No. It could be football, it could be rugby, it could be swimming, it could be track. Yeah. Just just being like, it's, ugh, like strive to be stronger, strive to have muscle. These young little six, seven-year-old, eight-year-old girls, I have yeah. so much passion for. I do at this age, but that age is it, it's different, isn't it? I was going to say, if you were going to teach swimming, I could be there for the first ones of showing, you know, if you got how to <laughs> drown. To no, if you were drowning, how would you get out of that position? Yeah. Are you I, talking about eight-year-old girls trying to rescue you from the bottom of a pool? Then would literally... <laughs> yeah, probably would not go down that, that well, well, you, would it? you would end up drowning them mm. because when someone's panicking in the water, they will push on anything down. Yeah. And you're a big guy, so you would push me down significantly. I had a conversation, we were speaking about women's, uh, the England football team, yesterday in a taxi back from Muay Thai. Uh, we we so, were, or you were by yourself. No, me and the taxi driver. And he oh. was, he was, he was, um, he was a referee for women's football, and he has daughters who play Sunday league football. So it was really interesting to hear his perspective. One of the things I didn't like is that he coached, he refereed quite high up, and one of the things he's, he was saying is that they're trying to bar, as in like remove men from refereeing women's football at that level. Remove men. From refereeing at what level? Sorry, at like whatever women. level he was, he was refereeing at women's football. Why? It's one of the things. That's one of the things to try and apparently to include to keep women's sport as as women, which I just think is. But that re- doesn't work. I think it's really backwards when we're talking about more women officiating uh, at high levels. I think you should have whoever's best for the for the job. Yeah, but also that doesn't work because then you're just excluding men from the women's game. You're just doing just what's happened. As... You're doing what's happened to women for fifty years. Yeah, that doesn't work. I think everyone needs to work together as a collective. If people see it as men versus women, it's never yeah. going to work. It's not men mm-hmm. versus women. It's 
I think he was probably oh. just quite upset by it because I think he really enjoys yeah. uh, refereeing the women's football. Oh, that is sad. That's really weird. The other thing I don't like, and I saw this on Twitter, and with this will be a discussion point, I think we actually spoke about it a little bit on the way home from the gym. Uh, there's a I guy. Was asleep. There's a guy on Sky. Well, you can be involved now. There's a guy on Sky News who was talking about the women's football. Um, and the quote which I pulled up was he said, and it was a bit of a race row, so he said, oh, it's all these blonde, blue-eyed girls. Doesn't represent diverse Britain. Why is there a lack of diversity? So I looked at I looked at this quote, and I was looking at the England squad. So there's 23 women in the England squad, and three of those are black players. The UK population is 82% white, which would mean to be like a completely equal split. I think you would need about four players to be from different ethnic groups. Um, so I just thought it was absolute drivel the way that the, the, there's always there's always somebody trying to cause a race row. There's always somebody trying to, to divide people in in what they're doing. It just really, really fucking annoys me. Yeah, I, I don't have I don't have anything to say about that. Why? I don't because it's just I don't think it's a necessary comment to make. The players are fucking good because they're good. And of like so that's it's about- not. It's just they they've. These, I don't know, they've obviously worked really hard. I don't know in comparison to when they're younger, growing up in sport, potentially there's something there about inclusivity. Maybe a lot of these England players have been playing since they were five years old and they had a lot of opportunities and it was incredible and they had a lot of money. Maybe that is why. That, yeah, so you're, you're talking about privilege, but yeah. when you break it down... I don't ter- know, I don't know. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying when you break it down in terms of the population to the actual number of players in the squad, it's actually quite representative, representative. Of, the, of the population. But then even when you look at other teams, so like you look at the Nigerian team, the South African team, there's not one white person in the team. Mm. You look at... So I, for example, some I didn't realise this but until someone posted it on Twitter actually. Look at the GB... Four by one hundred meter women's relay team. Every single one of them is a black runner, and I and this isn't me taking the moral high ground, but I didn't even notice that until someone posted because I just saw the relay team and I just think these are the best, the fastest, and strongest team that will win Great Britain medals and do our country proud. Not or oh, where's the white person in the relay team? Yeah, you don't. I've never even fathomed that. They're they're just the best. Get over it. They're just fucking. They're just the best. They're the fastest. Why do, why do people have to make... It just annoys me when there's like such good pause. I mean, that's why I don't want to give it too much airtime. But it was everywhere on Twitter and it was on it was on Sky News. Yeah, really it's just positive. fucking annoying to see people trying to drag some kind of toxic shit out of a real positive situation. And if you are a man or a woman of any race, you shouldn't just be looking for equal. You should be looking for more. You should You should be looking to be better and way better. People just this day and age, I think they like to point things out just to have conversation. They just like to start a conversation that potentially is just fueling their own something. And and also, if it was a white panellist sitting watching the World Cup from Nigeria and some white guy was sitting there going, where are all the white players? The backlash would be on him mm. it just annoys me the way it's it just reversed and turned around but anyway I digress do you see the post that I put this morning as well actually I did not I have not really been on social media today I've been asleep for about six hours it was about it was about, <laughs> it was about hydration 
Prime. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to put it out there. I said from the start, I don't like the taste of Prime drinks. I think they're so sweet. And however, I did get back from that 30k run the other day and I drank two in about 10 minutes because I was just so thirsty. It's the only thing we had in the fridge. Well, I was speaking to the DPD driver about 30 minutes ago. And uh, he's like, oh, you've got a lot of prime there, mate, haven't you? I was like, oh, yeah, we'd get sent it. I was like, we probably won't get sent it anymore after the video that I put this morning. Um, yeah. He's like, I, oh, what, what's your Instagram? So he went on the Instagram, he's probably watching the video and thinking, how <laughs> they sent them in prime. But I've, I've never, they reached out to me when it first, first came out and said, do you want to try? I said, yeah, do you know what? We'll try it. And, but then they just continued to send it and I've not shared it once because I don't like the product. So that just shows they're not very in touch with who they're actually sending their product to. They actually don't give a fuck who they're sending their product to. They will send it to anyone. I've not posted it once. I don't like the drink. I've not promoted it, but they just continue to send it. And I'm like, well, we're not, we're not drink, we're not drinking it. I'm not gonna have to say just second next time. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> so the my ins and outs of the prime drink were that I think oh, I can't remember what the grams were now. It might have had one ten. One point was about ten. One point did it ten milligrams? Should of, we check? Ten milligrams of sodium in the prime drink in a Gatorade or Powerade, I think there's 100, 150 milligrams of sodium. The reason why we're picking up sodium, because sodium and... 10? Yeah, 10 milligrams. Sodium and water, salt, if, if you may, are the main ingredient for hydrating the body during or after exercise. So uh, yeah, a Gatorade or Powerade will usually have around 150 milligrams. And the Logan Paul being the absolute whopper that he is was comparing his prime drink to those saying yeah parry has well, got 240 yeah, well pole root and gay root have got this much sugar in. well yeah dickhead you're comparing a non-sugar drink to a sugar drink but plus the reason why gatorade and powerade is good and the reason why it has sugar in because to convert the sodium and salt usually during or after exercise it requires some glycogen to bypass i think through the liver into the bloodstream so that's why it will have sugar in it um also he cherry picked powerade there but if he picked powerade zero it's still 250 milligrams of sodium and basically no sugar. Yeah. So he, yeah, zero sugar. There is zero sugar in the, you know, the the, the lighter Powerade. Yeah. So he's just gone, oh, Powerade has loads of sugar. We'll, we'll pick the zero Powerade then. But by the way, <laughs> oh, zero. you could, they're the three pounds something as well. You yeah, can you can buy. Expensive. I think I put on my story this morning. You can buy the hydrate sticks from my protein, which work out about... I don't know, £16 for 28, so £16 for a full month, they have 170 milligrams of sodium in. 170. 17 times more than a prime drink. I mean, we we take a specific salt that has a 1,000 milligrams. A gram. A, a, a whole gram of sodium in. And that is what is beneficial for you because even if you're not an athlete, they're still recommended to take. You've got LMNT, you've got... Her mantra, which is also very high. I don't think it's a gram, but it's high. 500 milligrams, I think it is, I think. Um, so, yeah, I would absolutely just rather have like a zero or a normal, a normal Blue or Parade. The amount mm. of hype that was around Prime, I didn't even really KSI know KSI and Logan Paul are some of the, are the, the best marketers in the world. But for someone like myself, who I don't really know who KSI is, I don't really know who Logan, I don't really follow that. Do you know what I mean? I'm not interested. I just not my kind of people. I know exactly who they were once Prime was launched. It, it was it was plastered everywhere. So from a business perspective, they did so well with the supply and the demand. As in, they're out of stock. They're this expensive. People were were spending so much, hundreds of pounds 
on on a prime drink. So from a business perspective, they did very well. And I don't think people can doubt that. From a scientific, logical perspective, I think it was just all a bit crazy. They sponsored Arsenal Football Club, Bayern Munich Football Club, and I think Barcelona Football Club gives them a lot of authority. But the thing is, the people are buying the prime. The reason why we're going on about hydration is because it's called prime hydration. So that's the way that they're yeah. marketing it. But the people that's actually being marketed to is 10-year-old kids whose parents is buying it for them whose parents probably just need a bit better education to what they're buying. Yeah, they are, yeah. I'm sorry, I was just looking at them a on few, Google. They are expensive. Yeah, a few parents have messaged me this morning about the vid- after they've put the video out and just said, like... Thank you. Yeah, basically. Give um, your kids... If, you know what? Give your eight-year-old kid a glass of water. Give your eight-year-old well, kid a glass of water. Get them on, get them on a water hype rather than a sh- the, sorry, the taste of something else. the thing I did on the video this morning as well. I said, you've... The, pair, the reason you're buying a hydration drink and it's a shitty drink, it doesn't have a lot of sodium in. If you get back from a run, literally pint of water, bit of ice in, crack out your Himalayans, rock salt, bit of lime juice, it will hydrate you better than a prime drink will. Or probably any shit that you're spending small amounts of money on that doesn't have a decent amount of sodium in the drink. So just keep an eye on that sodium, potassium a little bit, but sodium is the main thing you want to keep an eye on just for replenishing salt. And the... The, the the salt is usually, you know, when you feel your body after you've been for a run and you feel like grainy or sometimes you look you at, white you look at a t-shirt or you look at someone's cap and it looks like the French Alps so, are across the top of the cap. Yeah. That's the, the salt that's come come off you from sweating. That's what you've sweated out. Yeah, you literally stink as well, don't you, when you get back from long well, runs? you do. I mean, that was just a collective to everyone. You know, when you get back from a hot... I honestly smell of death after my 100K. I don't know how you're all hugging me. I... Dunk and you stunk after you your marathon. Do. You smell like acid. No, yeah, I yeah, mine isn't like wh- I smell yeah. like acid after a really long. run. I think it's maybe how much like sodium leaves my body or how much salt leaves my body. But I'm not gonna lie, Ben. Yesterday when you were sat in here, you stunk. Okay, yeah, but that was different because I've been boxing. Yeah, but and, so wash your hands. Yeah, okay, but the gloves are sweating all the time. So when it's like when you're a kid and you wear football shin pads, it smells like acid. It's, it's like your knee sleeves as well, though. Ben oh, had a yeah, pair of knee sleeves. We had to bin them because if they're in the boot, I would not put them. And even if they were in a bag in the back of my car, yeah. you could smell the. They smelled like like dead. Like they were so. They, your legs used to smell, and then you it used to be everywhere. And oh my days, yeah. yeah but that's how you smelled yesterday. Me and Kyle were just like you. You literally. It wasn't stink. that bad, Kyle. Come on. It was pretty fucking. It was grim. pretty. It wasn't as bad as the knee sleeves. Yeah, but you couldn't no, but obviously smell yourself. You couldn't smell yourself. Yeah, I could. I could here. smell a hand. They were on my fucking body. But we're sat here having meetings and I kept saying to Kyle, I was like, oh, I can really smell him. Like, I, well, I can smell you, in it. You get him from a run, get a shower. <laughs> I do. You stink. I always do. Mm. Smelly hands. Okay, so we've had some questions from our lovely listeners. I do. Shall I go with one of my questions? Because this is the only thing that I've brought to the yeah, podcast I've, today. I've only wrote two down. Oh, I have quite a few from just in general everything. Um... Oh, there are always those very holistic questions, though. Okay, so we have four questions around the same topic, and we actually touched on it at the very, very first, like, 10 seconds of the podcast. But do you guys want kids? Are you going to have kids? Are you ready to have kids? How are you going to balance kids? I don't know, on my fucking hand? <laughs> like, um, I don't know. We don't know how we're going to balance anything until the kid actually arrives. Yeah, I was speaking to my mate Simon about this at the weekend, and... Yeah, I think I'm just in that place in life where I'm ready. Mm. I feel ready. I think especially after spending time at my friend's house who's got kids as well. 
Oh. It's I'm at that point where other people's kids don't annoy you know where some other people's kids annoy you. To be fair, he's got very good kids as well, but I'm at that place where kids don't annoy me. Mm. I think I'm very I'm quite maternal. <clears throat> I've always wanted kids. I've always imagined myself as a mum. Obviously, you say this in hindsight because you don't know if you can have kids until you start until you start mm. trying. But yeah, as I said at the start of the podcast today, I am off contraception, but we're not actually trying until the very end of the year, so December. And that's just for our own personal reasons. Like we've got a lot of stuff going on. If I got pregnant now and then went to do Everest Base Camp, there's just certain things that, you know, you just don't really probably do when you are pregnant. Um, so there's a few more things that I think I want to achieve before getting pregnant. <laughs> not that it would change after, but during that nine months and obviously like the first year, I won't probably be able to go off and do Everest Base Camp and do an ultra straight away or so things like that will change, which is why we're going to try later on in the year. I didn't realise that the things that go into just having a kid. What do you mean? I just thought it was like boom, boom, bang, bang. And then nine months later, like a crying baby. People just take things so, like there's so many things people go on about now in terms of like, the ideal time, the ideal month, the ideal time of the day. You've got to try so many times. Eat this, drink yeah, that, spunk yeah. this way. Like, you know what I mean? There's there's so many things that people just, and I'm just thinking, well, what did people do a hundred years ago when they just do the the Gordon Rumpty pump and then a kid would pop up nine months later? Yeah, because you go back way back when they wouldn't even know they were pregnant until, I think apparently you know and you can feel it in yourself when you are pregnant but there's definitely a few like spooky stories where people don't know they're pregnant until they give birth. How? How is that a thing? It is a thing. How? It's it's significantly a thing, and you can get it. Up what do you mean? It's significantly months. a thing. It's, like it happens not, all the time. It's not. It's not completely uncommon. People can be six months and find out they're pregnant because they don't have a bump, or they just literally don't show, or they think they just put on a bit of weight. Yeah, but you just made out like someone's just walking down. The yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, fell out. Yeah. I didn't know you were there. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. That happens. What? Someone's someone you yeah, can get months. to nine months pregnant and it goes to hospital how is that cramps and give birth. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know how you've never heard of that. Have a smaller baby, you may be carrying a little bit extra body fat. That is mental to me. I think I think also potentially just denial is mm. quite a big part okay. of it. So like Christian communities where Girls who are not married aren't technically supposed to have a child. Maybe they're young. Maybe they're like 17, 18. They don't really understand what's going on with their body. There's lots of repression, not a lot of sexual education. They can get to nine months. And then, yeah, there's stories about girls who go to hospital not feeling very well and then sit in the, the toilet. And then they're just like a hand yeah. pops out of the vagina. It's a bit, it's a lot. <laughs> it's honestly... <laughs> I mean, I've heard stories about it before. What I mean is, I just couldn't fathom the fact. It's like, if, a cryptic I, if I needed an eight-pound shirt, I would know about it. I mean, I know this is completely different, but oh god, I don't know. No, it's yeah. There's 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 a lot of articles on it. It's called a cryptic pregnancy. Also, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Lisa. Sorry, to interrupt you there. Ben, you just said if I needed an eight-pound shirt, I would know about it. Yeah. Did you know about it that time you needed an eight-pound shirt and you instead got actual surgery for? Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. 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 You needed a, a rather large bowel movement, and instead of going to the toilet, you got an Your appendix removed. Yeah, but to be fair, like the warning signs were that I was in unbelievable fucking pain. I think that's quite. Yeah, but I think that. that's I was on, I was on more quite similar. These women have ridiculous stomach. If I had really bad stomach pain, you could look. Nothing has changed. You get stomach cramps think it's your appendix and you're not, you're nine months pregnant. Mm. I would be the worst person for that to happen to. I, nothing would, I would literally, imagine just like pooing out a baby and you're like, oh my God, I thought I had stomach cramps. 
God bless the women who who do go through that. But aside from that, yes, we are definitely very excited to have kids and want kids. Something that is really interesting, you know, when people ask you that question, I think people need to be quite careful when they do ask people that question on social media. I get asked it all the time. If I'm slightly bloated in a video, people will comment being like, she's pregnant. And I'm like... What do you mean? Ask, be careful asking more questions. Do you want kids? Yeah. Or are you pregnant? Uh, that's two different questions though. No, but I think sometimes it can be sensitive if you just put on social media to an influencer. Do you want kids? You don't know if they've been on IVF oh, for, for 10 me, years. For me, it's just fucking stupid. No, I think you sometimes need to be careful. I think when I, people I think we'll live me, in a society where you can't speak to anyone about anything. If you've got to be careful about asking someone if they would like to have children. Yeah, but I think you also need a level of... Level of what? You're not getting my point. As I know woman, I know, I know, what you're getting at. I just think... If I have been trying for kids for 10 years and someone, and people on Instagram are asking me every single day, do you want kids? Oh, when are you having kids? And it's like, I've been trying for fucking 10 years. There's people online who've openly said, <sighs> I've been doing IVF for 10 years and can't have kids. So for, I'm talking for those people. Yeah, I get I that, get that but also th- that person who's asked you a question can't be painted as a bad person because they've asked the question not based it on uh, a real minority of people. Oh, no, I know they're not a bad person. I'm just saying think before you speak sometimes or definitely, like I'm always open about kids so I would be fine okay. to ask that question I mean, I, too. I, I, that's fine. I just don't agree. Yeah, maybe because you're not a woman. <laughs> I don't know if it's not me being a woman. I think it's like if I was just about to, if I'm asking someone a question, which I just, and my, my incentive behind asking that question was just to have conversation with you and not cause any malice. I don't think I should be painting out to be a bad person because I've asked, the, asked you a question. No, I don't think they're bad people. I think people just need a bit of wiseness about them to who they're asking it to. And then, yeah, obviously, if you say to someone, are you pregnant? That is just fucking bang on rude. Yeah, that's what I mean, the two different questions. When, when, if you've obviously not announced that you are pregnant, it's like, I'm literally, I need a shit or I'm bloated. Like, that can be annoying. Mm. I get it quite often when I don't look a certain type of way and people yeah, are like, are I've, you pregnant? And I'm thinking... They're two completely different things. No, I'm not. But yeah, no, I think it's a interesting topic. Should you try keto? Then you wouldn't be bloated? I don't like Come at keto. me, bro. Come at me, bro. Okay, I don't like <laughs> keto. I don't... The only time I, quotations, bloat is through stress and anxiety, which I know how to cope with. It's nothing to do with food. Nothing, zero for me to do with food. I'm not allergic to anything. I have no I intolerances. I think it's zero to food. I think actually food has got a lot to do with Oh, digestion. no, but my diet. <clears throat> I don't bloat through my personal diet. I've got a really well-rounded, balanced approach to nutrition. I will bloat severely and it'll be so painful through stress and anxiety. So keto <laughs> would do fuck all for me. I also just, I enjoy what I eat. So I, I, and I don't feel the need to cut out carbohydrates, which are my favourite source of food group. Like imagine me cutting out pasta or yeah, bagels. But I, the thing, I had this conversation with someone at the weekend. I'm not doing keto because I think, oh, this is the most enjoyable diet for me to do. Mm. I, if I could eat, pick a mix day in, day out and eat shit, and be healthy and feel good. Do you not think I would do it? I'm not doing this diet out of complete choice if it makes me, if it's like the the best thing that I've ever tasted. I'm doing it because it's optimal for my health and digestion. Yeah, see, that makes a lot of sense because I know you you do get uncomfortable off certain foods. So, but just for me, obviously that that wouldn't work because I wouldn't choose to do that when I find carbs delicious. Yeah, but you could get to a point further in your like I used to mm-hmm. be like you. 
but you could get to a point further down the line where you make a decision on cutting something out because it's a sacrifice for you to live a better life. Well, it's like alcohol. Mm. I've really significantly basically cut it out completely. There'll we, be, both, we both have, yeah. There maybe there'll be two occasions, which are in the next few weeks for me, will be the only time that I think I drink the share and it's two of my best friend's yeah, wedding. So same. yeah, that's that's true actually. There's there are certain periods where you go through and it's like it's like when I've cut out coffee before the mo- in the morning. I could do that. No, no, I've not no no no, that's a lie. I've not cut it out completely just in the morning. Yeah. Which I well, never last thought week. I'd cut out caffeine in the morning ever. It was my holy grail. It started my day. It was the thing that made me feel amazing and I don't have it now. Look back at the first Facebook video I ever made. It was bashing keto. Look back at the Christmas I present. I bought Christmas you guys. One. Yeah. I bought you a Christmas present. Wait, I've, been keto. I've been up keto. keto? Keto basher. But I think, and I've bashed people who do the vegan diet before as well. But it's the people who do those diets because they think, oh, if I go vegan, it'll help me lose weight. When I think the reason and purpose behind why some of these diets were created when for the purpose of why they're potentially being used. I'm trying to think of something I, that I used to bash that I now. But also, don't, I don't believe the keto diet is the best thing for people to lose weight. No. I, like that's, I think everybody thinks when you go, I'm going to start a diet. People's natural assumption is it's for to help you lose weight because mm. that's the thing that we correlate with diet. But there's people who will do diets for different reasons to optimize performance, to optimize digestion, to optimize energy levels, to optimize sleep. It depends on what the end purpose of, of a diet is. Do you know what our biggest thing was that we used to bash? Fucking cardio and running. We used to just think like, oh, I can't run because I'll just turn into like a... I don't know if I've ever bashed people running. Well, not not bashed it, but we were like, no, we can't do that much cardio because it'll lose all our gains or it'll do this or you can't do both at the same time. We were, when we just did bodybuilding... I think you might be on your own there. Okay, I'm fully on my own then. Because I moved away from just doing cardio. I think probably... To weightlifting. And then I thought, well, I can't go back to doing both. Because then I'll look like I did when I swam. Which was not a lot. I think you're referring to the, like doing marathons. Oh, yeah. No, I am. I'm talking. Because it's people who are doing running. Or like I, I've always done five or ten Ks every now and again. I'd never thought me going to do a bit of cardio because I've done cardio all, all the time through doing bodybuilding. I used to go and do, when I was on Jamie's program, I was on the, on the other week when I was 21. I do sprints three, I four rephrase. times a week. Yeah, no, I rephrase. I'm, I'm talking marathons, ultras. Well, then you would running. be, you would be correct. Yeah. No, you're correct in the fact that if you run marathons, it's not optimal for building muscle. No, I know it's not optimal, but I mean, I still look jacked. I don't look how I did when I swam, whereas when I quit swimming and just did weightlifting, I thought if I introduced any form of like long cardio, I'd go back to how I looked as a swimmer, mm-hmm. but I didn't. So that, cause that's something I used to be quite against and not advise people to do or think it wasn't possible until you actually try it and you do yeah. it. You can do Jack and do, be Jack and do both, but you can't be, yeah. Mr. you can't be Mr. Olympia and be Kipchoge at the same time. I don't think you'd want to be, would you? What would you pick? If you could be Kipchoge or Mr. Olympia, what would you do? Oh, good question. I don't even I th- need to think about I th- that. I think, I think if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I'd say I'd be, who's Mr. Olympia at the moment? No idea. Seabold. I didn't even, he's he's classic physique. So yeah, I mean, give me, I'd, if, you t- if you said Kipchoge or Seabum, I'd say Seabum. But if you say Mr. Olympia, uh, who won this year? 
And it was Big Ramy the other year. I, I can't even it. think. But if you ask me if Rob be Miss Olympia 10 years ago, I'd say Miss Olympia. But if you ask me now, I'd say Kachugi because I'm more bothered about performance and health. Whereas mm-hmm. when you're a competitive bodybuilder, you're at your worst point in terms of performance, you're at your worst point in terms of health, you're probably at your worst point in terms of your internal functioning, the amount of drugs that you're taking. Whereas when you're lining up for the day or the marathon, you're probably at your fittest point that you've ever been. So again, priorities, goals. I know who what you choose. Yeah, keep trailing you all the way. But I think even the last few ten years. Yeah, ago, ten years ago I would have been the same. Lucy, would you prefer to get a gold medal Olympic swimming or win high rocks? Like the worlds. Whoa, Cal, that's high rocks. Really? <laughs> yeah. Over, over an Olympic gold medal. The swimming Olympian. The swimming dream doesn't mean anything to me anymore. It really, like my relationship with swimming by the end was so tarnished. I could never envision myself going back to that. Ever. But you were an Olympian. You were an Olympian. Are you saying no because you know the sacrifice you'd need to yeah, do personally I think, in order to get there? And also, I think your relationships maybe tarnished your. Yeah, I've got quite a bad relationship with swimming now. The thought of. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't go back to even sacrifice that I even made it to British trials. Like it was just so. But I then think again, I hate it made me more than who you I do. am. Oh, you do probably hate swimming more than I do because you feel like you're drowning. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but like, and yeah, an Olympic gold's great. But then, where do you go? What do you do? What do you mean? What I mean, do you do same for high rocks. Yeah, right? yeah. No, because I can feel like I can. I'm. I can do more off of that now. What? Why? Don't know. What do you I just mean? feel like I can. So it's more of like a business decision. I think a bit. I think it's a business decision. Okay. Like business, but also like I would, like the thought of, maybe just because I could have a completely different, maybe you didn't say swimming. Maybe if you said yeah, track, think, like running, if I won a running Olympic gold, yes, over do, high rocks. Do but you swimming, think, no. Do you think that having a gold medal in track versus swimming is held in higher regard? Tracks, track and athletics is way more popular. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like way more popular. But I think, yeah, if you had asked me, would you want to win... Like an Olympic running a marathon or track gold over high rocks. What do you think? I would have picked that. The ultimate gold medal to winners. The ultimate gold medal. Yeah. Out of Olympic sport. Yeah. Whoa. Olympic sports. I'd say, I, for me, it's easy. I'd say probably say the hundred meters. Yeah. I was going to say the hundred meter. The fastest man yeah. on earth. Yeah, of course. The hundred meter men's. I think that's very... You're the fastest human being, sorry. Human, on yeah. Luce, can we well, go back to... Well, 100 metre women. Can we go back to swimming just quickly? Mm. When did your kind of attitudes towards swimming change? Was it like immediately when you quit? No, I can tell you specifically. It was the British champs before I quit. So Hold. probably... Mm, 18. I think I really? was 18. I thought you were probably a little bit younger than that. Um, no, I was definitely 18 when I quit. And so before British champs, you were like misses swimming everything no i was like three months running up to that trials which was at the london park i literally hated swimming i hated i but i started having the really weird eating tendencies where i was like obsessed with also what i looked like we were weighed or that was when that girl was like oh she's anorexic and i was like whoa like maybe I, i just very difficult and I hated competing. 
the, the amount of pressure that used to be on us at those specific races, I honestly, I already had anxiety, but I didn't know I did at the time. So you can imagine what I was like before those specific races, whether you had to hit a specific time to qualify for like the, mm. that was the Olympic trials. I came sixth in the final. If I come fourth, I might have gone to the Olympics. But I came sixth and I literally quit the Tuesday after the trials. And I just literally, I text my coach, I was like, I'm not coming back. Isn't that funny in life? So, sorry, just to kind of spin something on that, how l- losing something can actually be better than winning for you. Oh, it's the best thing I ever lost. I, th- I think I wouldn't be doing anything I do now. I think I would have just maybe, I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea what I'd be, be doing. Such a funny concept that I'm going to edge people who are listening to try and try and really deeply think about that. Try and think about a failure you've had in your life and what consequences that has led to versus you maybe winning or doing welling something. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation similar with Simon on, a po- on his podcast the other day, even about some of the business decisions and how those failures have led to to far better things than me. Even probably one of the best things happened to me, sorry to tangent, broken leg. Yeah. One of the best things. Quit your football career. Mm-hmm. Would you have made it in football and part and been part of one of those teams? Maybe. Very low down. Would have retired by now and don't know what I'd be doing. Yeah. So really, that's actually quite an interesting way to look at it, isn't it? Because at the time, it is mortifying. Mm-hmm. And my coach has been like... Because the reason I'd also gone to Manchester Uni was to stay in Manchester to swim. So I based everything around swimming. The uni, where I moved to, where I lived, even my partner at the time, it was swimming, swimming, swimming. I quit literally a month before uni and he was like, oh, just take a bit of time off, do a couple of sessions a week. And I just said, no. I was like, I'm literally not coming back on that poolside ever. I remember having the conversation with my mum and dad and my sister and I was in tears. and Because it's hard. Like I did it for 10 years. We thought I was going to make it and I was going to be this thing. And I didn't. I didn't want it anymore. I didn't like it. I wanted to just, I've never felt such an urge to not do something. My mum and dad are great. They were so like, yeah, that's good. No problem. Absolutely no problem. But at the time, it's. I think that's. Rough. I think that's tough to do as a parent. I think, especially if a child's got a talent, it must be really tough to just mm. kind of go. Oh, okay, you don't want to do it mm-hmm. uh, when you're really good at something. If yeah. your if your child, when you guys <laughs> grow up, starts indicating that they are like, you know, specifically talented in certain areas. Do you think you'd have a different approach in terms of pushing them towards it, Luce, than what you grew up with? Well, I was naturally talented at running and swimming. And mum and dad, we were, we weren't pushed. We were good at it, so why would you not want to do it? I wanted to do it. So I think your, your kid has the same trait. If they're good at something, they will want to do it. But th- do you not def- think? I, I think there is, but I think there's, 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 there's a not-so-obvious line to tread and I don't know it because I'm not a parent at the moment, but I there was definitely times for me where I was very talented at football and there's certain weeks that I didn't want to play and my dad would just be like, shut up, you knobhead, put your kit on, get in the car and we're going. And there's got to be an element, I think, of a parent of that instead of going, oh no, you just do whatever you want all the time because you you sometimes need some guidance mm-hmm. and some push. I think there's an overstep in the more point where children are being exploited or... <clears throat> taken advantage of and pushed too far. Mm. But then All we, their parents' dreams. We, but then we celebrate that as well. Look at Tiger Woods. Mm. He Strain, was, he was Venus. doing massively, massively mistreated to become world champions. 
and then they're celebrated above anybody else. Yeah, they were another level, though, weren't they? When but you, you look at like that film, is that what is that is what is is that what's required to be another level? I don't know. I don't think so. Because like, you don't have those stories from. That's like two stories that stand out. But they're two of the. They're two of the like. Yeah, they are. Do you know what I mean? You know, you have like athletes and celebrities, and then you have legends. They're legends of their sports. Mm. They yeah, they no, I all think it miles apart between anyone else in their era. Yeah, no, I think it obviously helped dramatically what their parents were like to to do that with their kids. And I think it is important if your kids like, oh, I don't want to get. I'm like, we're going. Like that you've got to have a bit of something about you. You can't just give up. If they start to hate the sport, like my mom and dad wouldn't let me give up when I started to hate the sport and I was upset and I was crying and I was anxious, that's when you can see a change in your child. It's like, they don't want to do this anymore. So that's when you recognise, I think, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, so ask me in 18 years. But there's a difference between your kid being lazy and they're just not in the mood where it's like, come on. And we all have these days, come on, you can do it to, mummy, I hate this, I'm not happy. That is a difference. And that's where you look at your kid and think, right, then we're... Pull them out. I think you probably have to make a decision as a parent at that point if you are going to be that parent of I'm going to make the sacrifice of being the good parent and my child liking me versus I'm going to push them to do everything possible because I know this is, I think this is best for the future of them being great. What's your view on it, Cal? I don't know. It's tough. I think you said um, Tiger Woods and Serena Williams, Lucy, like the two examples you can think of. But I actually think if you look at anyone who is like the out and out king of or queen mm-hmm. of any discipline you said that queen. So, <laughs> of any discipline so even if you look at like like the cello or chess players or mm. i think there is often more often than not there's probably a, a very intense regimen that's put on a child that potentially didn't want it from a young age um and i think the the hard line to tread is that if you're just vicariously living out your dreams to your child it it can almost borderline on like abuse, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously if there is like a natural talent and I, I don't know, do you think Tiger Woods would look back and think, God, I wish my dad didn't do that. I wish I was just a normal, I wish I was an accountant. God, wouldn't that be great? I think with Tiger Woods, it's it's slightly different. I think he, he from what I've heard, has been pushed beyond any other limit. And mm-hmm. it was even, I think that him and his dad had a safe word that he would use. And he never used it. And he no. never used it. Uh, I think he was really heavily pushed. But then you'll get some sports p- stars and people who are like, my dad gave me the hardest time ever. And I'm so thankful that he did that, even though I didn't understand it at the time. Mm. But is that like almost being conditioned by your, I, 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 Maybe. I hesitate to use the word abuser, but like almost you don't know a life aside from just being you know, beaten down every day and forced into something that you actually deep down don't want to do. So you just grow to love it as an adult. I think everything in life is a sacrifice. Every single, whether even whether it's, I was listening to Hormozy talk to Chris Williamson about this this week. Every, even if it's the best decision that you've made, you've still sacrificed something else to make a decision. And that's something that the human brain can't always comprehend is that you've, you'll still feel guilty because you'll think, oh, I wonder what that other place would have led to. And if you're one of those people who's now a Premier League football star and you have lots of wealth and you're happy and great family and security and great times, holidays, flexibility, 
but you you as a sacrifice of that you probably had to lose quite a big portion of your childhood to be there that's a sacrifice that you've had to make and you can't really make the decision your parents have had to make that for you it's i don't know i don't there's not a right or wrong answer but i'm so happy that i sacrificed my whole childhood my whole teen years to do what i did and fail and not be an olympian because i it, i wouldn't have been here i categorically would not have done this if i didn't swim for those years I used to hate when I was, you know, that story I told you the day, you no know, one as a little kid. So we started from the age of like two. As soon as we could walk, we had swimming lessons, which I think is great for kids, by the way. I think all kids should be able to swim. Because when you get to Ben's age, you can at least pop yourself in a it's pool good, and not drown. It's a good job I don't take these to heart, isn't it? Because... Yeah. Um, I just envisioned, <sighs> like we did the Great Barrier Reef. I don't know if I told this story before, but... Five, six times. Yeah, probably. but Ben... He was so Fucking floating <laughs> on the top of the water with like woggles and armbands. And I was just looking up at him thinking, oh, good Lord. <laughs> like, someone bring him down to me. Was it a Nick? Anyway. Was it a Nick? <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was younger, I was the most disruptive child in swimming lessons. I used to go into Meg's lessons. I used to push people in the pool. I got kicked out of most lessons. My gramps used to take me and I used to refuse to go in the pool because I hated it so much. But my parents and grandparents were so persistent with me because I was good. I was good at swimming. I used to win all the competitions. I was good and I hated it at the age of like four, five, six, seven, eight and then pushed through and then... It, it, it all depends. So I'm thankful for that. It all depends on how your parents respond to it. But I, don't, I, don't really, I don't think I've really spoke about this before. Maybe I have a little bit, but... What the first time me and you started dating, I think we went to Nando's once. Once, what? The, why did I tell you the reason was that me and my dad fell out for maybe four years? The football and the PT thing. Mm-hmm. You, I don't think you. This was going back six years. <clears throat> we, well, I think one of the first things you speak about when you go on a date is like, oh, like how, like what you like with your family. Like I, I, I'm really a family person. You were like, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm just like, I'm not that close to my dad, and. I can't even envision that now because you and your dad are best mates. It was just your, a d- your... different relationship at the time. Yeah. And this is why I'm also, I think, sometimes hesitant about speaking about it. And this is maybe even why when these sports stars speaking about it or they have a better relationship at that time with their parents so maybe they speak more positively of it because they're now seeing their parents in a different life to, once, to what they once were. But my dad hated it when I quit football. Hated it. It was the one thing that we bonded over. I remember one of the last couple of games that we played at, I was at one of my ex-girlfriend's house and I wasn't, didn't want to play. Didn't want to, I don't think I played for a, little, a couple of Sundays. He drove around with my kit. At this point, I was probably 17, 18, by the way, so I'm not a child. I can make my own mind up. Starts knocking the door down at my ex-girlfriend's house to grab me out of the house, gets me changed, drives me to the match, which is already kicked off to embarrass me in front of everyone and makes me play. That's... So his attitude was to push me and push me. And it drove our relationship apart. Mm. And then on top of that, I started the gym, started fitness, which you disliked even more. And our relationship became really fractured in that time. So that's that's yeah. what can happen. <clears throat> yeah, because that isn't a positive. That was that's not doesn't sound very positive. It wasn't. Like, that's not a positive. I. But from that lesson, you would learn to not do that with our kids. Yeah. I also think football's a really hard one because I think sometimes the parents who potentially like the dads or the mums who failed their football career, do they push it onto mm-hmm. their kids and think that their kid is going to be the next David Beckham? And it's really hard because the kid's like, I'm, 
don't know. Yeah. I, think, I imagine football's a very poor. Probably the thing for him is what I was very, very, very good at football. Not just took my own, I was very I was at that level like where I could have gone into lower league professional mm. um, before I broke my leg. So that's probably why he was also I would have never met you. No, no, exactly. There's lots of things. I think there's a lot of things from those stories that we've been speaking about then, Cal. There's a lot of things that come from pain. A lot of things that come from, like a lot of good that comes from pain. Sometimes bad, but a lot, also a lot of good. Like for any champion that you were going to build, you would want them to go gone through a lot of shit to be able to then have the resilience to mm-hmm. put up with things that come as a consequence of being a champion. Yeah, I think there's like a very obvious selection bias though in that obviously if you look at Tiger Woods and you go, wow, he's incredible and his dad treated him like shit in order to get him to where he is. That's like the one instance where obviously if you ask Serena, if you ask Tiger, if you ask Venus, whoever, did you go through, would you change things? I'll say, no, no, of course not. It was amazing. It got to me where I am, blah, blah, blah. But that, what that doesn't really encapsulate is the, I don't know the number, let's say thousands of kids who whose lives are basically just fucking ruined by like insane parents who are like incredible narcissists living vicariously through them and essentially just ruin maybe the kid's life, maybe the relationship with the kids. It's never going to be quite the same because they pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and they just broke. And they're just one of the kids who along the way, like Luce, how many kids did you swim with growing up who are like now like not doing anything with it? Well, it was the extent where they had to drop out of uni. Mm. They dropped out of school. Yeah. My parents were very stern on that. I was n- I was not going to drop out of college or uni or high school. And I know a lot of my friends who were dropping out and they were like, no, because you need an education. What's the pursuit? Like, what what do you get? Being, Olymp- being Olympian. Oh, but then, even but, then, but, but what this, do you get? This is the issue with swimming. There's not a lot of money in swimming. So you. that's what was my point before. You get that Olympic gold medal... And end of story. Unless you are a Becky Adlington, Harry. who Harry Akins, yeah. incredible people, personalities, personalities. They they went into person TV personalities. They went into this. They went into that. That's like the one in hundred people who who do that. So it's really hard. I mean, so I'm so thankful. My mum and dad were very, you know, no, no, we're sticking it out. You, mm. You're going to you do this, like, yeah. I mean, growing up, every single PE teacher in my school was at one point supposed to be a professional footballer. And they were like, mm. you know, playing for like mid-county level and then just weren't quite at the level in order to be in like the yeah. Premier League. And yeah, it always seemed like slightly bitter yeah. from them. I mean, with that point that you made then, don't get me wrong, I don't think the element of uh, a legend champion athlete is the fact that they had these horrible parents and then there's so many things that have to align and that's just one of those elements that aligned within all those things and the biggest one being that they probably had the most natural ability as an athlete mm. and the fact that they worked hard that was just like one of the other elements that was in there and the, the other the other thousands of kids just went didn't have that ability or weren't just weren't as good mm. um but they, they just had that parent behind them abusing them and then yeah, I think there's lots and lots of circumstances where kids are going to be resentful for the fact that they lost and they start to have all the baggage that came with it. The The reason why people like Tiger Woods and those other people can accept the baggage is because they, they really are number well. one and they've got all the success from it. Yeah, I think if we were to maybe, we've spoken about Serena, Venus and Tiger Woods, if we were to ask someone yeah. 
who <clears throat> didn't make it, you'd have to maybe ask from their perspective. And he also said Serena and Venus because there was a film on it and the film depicts the King Richard film. It does depict everything quite well and you get a very good idea of how what relationship they had with their father. But yeah, if we were to ask someone who hasn't won Wimbledon or won whatever golf tournament he's won, it might be a slightly different thing. And also I'm saying like going to the Olympics was my dream. Like getting an Olympic medal was my dream up until I was 18. That was my whole life and purpose was based around that. And people who go to the Olympics and get a medal, it's fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like phenomenal. I just, with swimming, I'm I'm glad that I didn't end up doing that. Yeah, I think as well, like the, the stories of these people who tried and failed and had these horrendous upbringings as well are as important as the stories of the mm. Tiger Woods. The fact that Tiger Woods is covered in glory and he's like the champ doesn't mean that his story is any more valid and more absolutely important than the people who actually just you know flamed out and yeah. And that's like a psychological thing, isn't it? That we're human beings are we're not in the nicest way possible. I don't mean it's a horrible way. This is me like thinking from the wide perspective. No one cares. Yeah, no about, one cares about the losers. Yeah. Yeah. everyone cares about the winning circle, the winning story, the trophies, the medals, the champion, the record times, the record this, and that's why people are interested. And that and it gets publicity and where attention goes, money follows. Yeah. Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. All the best comedians have been like abused and had like horrible and it's like, yeah, maybe 0.1% of those people end up being famous comedians, but 99.99 are just like drug addicts homeless on the side of the road. So there's a couple of instances, again, I'll bring it back to race. Maybe even Lewis Hamilton spoke about before, but I've I've definitely seen a professional speak about well, I'm no, I don't think they said they were glad they had racism thrown at them, but I used that that racism early in sport to make myself a champion. Yeah, but there's thousands of other kids and youngsters who probably quit the sport due to racism. Mm. And there's a football, there's a professional footballer who was going to retire early or did retire early due to racism. Yeah. Or homophobia, like Jim yeah. Williamson. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was amazing when he did that interview. This is one of our Harrods coaches, by the way. Yeah. He's fucking awesome. But yeah, no, it's all um, very interesting topical conversation. I think if we speak very openly on this podcast about topics that I think everyone wants to know about and speak about. So if you have an opinion on it, please just comment your opinion. Like, no, it's your opinion. It's not incorrect. It's um, nothing we've said here is incorrect because it's just what we believe. So whether you're on YouTube or Spotify or wherever you can comment, just comment your opinion. I think it's important that you open up. Yeah, I just wanted to finish on this one because I haven't even read one of the questions out from a. Where did that? What was that? What was that? Babies. Did that come from babies? Yes. Did I progress that Uh, into that conversation? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was good. You're welcome. It's good. It's good chat. But I think we'll just finish on this one. Best piece of advice anyone has ever given you. Do you know what? I think so. Something my dad said to me, probably when I was a lot younger as well. When it gets hard is when it gets good. As in, when things get really hard, you naturally want to give up or you want to quit. But when something feels hard or it feels challenging, that's that's when the good stuff starts to happen. I can't. He said it to me when I was quite young. We did a lot of stuff when we were younger, and the many times that I wanted to quit. I shit myself ski mountaineering. I've done, done many of things. <laughs> when it gets hard, when um, you shit yourself. <laughs> don't no, give but up. There's, there's pivotal points that I remember from trips like that where it's like you could literally die. And there was one point, this thing we had to walk across and 
he says he says these things to me in moments of oh my god I feel like this is awful I can't do it. I can't, I actually need to leave like I need mm. to quit it. He's like yeah but when it gets hard that's when it gets good that's when it gets challenging and I think a lot of people when it gets hard they naturally just think oh I'll quit. Yeah, that's such good advice. Thank you, girl. Yeah. Welcome, I, Clive Davis. Again, I think pain hardship is very much underrated. I always come back to this one for me. And it's don't treat... Oh, you've already got a pre-planned answer. Yeah. Don't treat life like a video game. It's not levels. It has no completion. It's not finite. It is, if anything, an infinite game. And the reason why I always think about this constantly is because it helps me in times when I compare myself to others, whether that's wealth, success, achievements, etc., Because we believe that we must be keeping up with the Joneses or that if you badly fucked up, it's game over. It's not, because if you just keep going and ignore other players, you will get there eventually. And that's one of the things that I took away this year, that, that quote of basically life is an infinite game and you can't mm-hmm. complete it. That I, I honestly think about that daily. And it, it always helps me because I think we live in this society now where everyone's an entrepreneur, everyone's superstars, everyone's like the, the youngest Kylie Jenner making a billion pound. And we all think, oh God, I'm so late to life. Mm. And you think, no, it's, you can't complete it. Yeah, I like that. You can't, there's no completion to live in it. I said to Cal before, and for people listening, think about this. These now are your golden years. Right now. Does it depend who's listening or? No. It's the way that you view it and perceive where you are in life now. These are your golden years. You had to say that to me the other day because I was having a moment. I've had a whole month moment, to be honest, guys, um, of severe anxiety and therapy. But Ben said it to me the other day, and I was like, it's so true. You can, you can think, oh, next year, it's going to be such a good year. I'm going to have more money, I'm going to have more time, I'm going to have a, the new house. No, now, now is it. Enjoy it now. Mm. Because in, I was listening to, again, Chris's podcast with, with Manuel Mosey, talking about how in 30 years' time you'll wake up and have sore knees or bad back, or in another couple of years' time we'll have kids and we can't just go, should we fly to wherever and have a holiday? She'll go to Disney just on her own. Why have you got bad knees now? <laughs> but there's, there's going to be certain things that you won't be able to do. Yeah. Now is is the golden years. Mic drop. Best best piece of, piece of advice you've had, Cal? Apart uh, from that. For me, is don't <laughs> take criticism from someone who you wouldn't ask advice from. Yes. Because the amount of people who had opinions on my photography growing up, and I used to take it to heart, and then... I think actually I wouldn't you don't know the first thing about taking photos so that sucks a lot I, it, I bet it, they look at you now Kyle and they're like fucking hell I wish I hadn't said that well it, uh, it's, it's even like go on sorry mate no, no, no. I interrupt him it's even like my mum my mum would be like oh it's a nice picture but she's not smiling I was like yeah she's a fucking model like yeah. I'm not I don't want like cheesy photos that's similar to the thing and then he started working with me that's, <laughs> that's, that's similar to the thing about how like basically you, you wouldn't get criticism for someone who's above you yeah a lot of the time yeah very much so um, yeah, mm. that. and then there's also another one which was um, uh, I don't know if it can be summed up in a quote but essentially like I was worried about taking a massive U-turn and changing from zoology to what I wanted to do with life and I was like oh I don't want to be you know 25 and still learning the ropes to do something <clears throat> and my dad said well you're going to be 25 anyway so why not 
why not be 25 and get to where you want to be? Do you think that's kind of sunk cost fallacy? Yeah. Like I was worried about being 25 and being like starting again, essentially. Yeah. It's like, well, you will eventually be 25. Mm. Do you want to be doing what you want to be doing or do you want to just keep doing what you're doing anyway? Sometimes things like that really help you take a step back and perceive things. And the thing that you were speaking about before was probably a little bit around embarrassment. I've been thinking about embarrassment yeah. a lot recently. Isn't embarrassment such a funny emotion? Because you get embarrassed in front of people, usually, you know, even nothing about, you don't give a shit about, or will be dead now, soon, later in life, who will no longer judge you. And probably don't even judge you any longer than the five minutes that whatever just happened has happened. Embarrassment mm -hmm. is so funny and stops so many people and affects so many people from doing things that they want to do. Do you know what I think about sometimes with that? Sorry to interrupt, please. No. Kind of I was speak. Is that... Sometimes I used to be quite worried about speaking to people and who were like celebrities or famous or whatever. And I think Ben Lucy can probably attest now. I don't really have a problem walking up to like Phil Heath or, you know, the best example was, was Phoebe. You were phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, good. But, but I was shitting myself. Sometimes I just think this person shit themselves before. They're just a person like me, if you know what I'm saying. Like they are nothing special. They're just another human being. There, there's been a time where they've not been able to make it to the toilet and shit themselves and had a very embarrassing moment. <laughs> So why are you worried about like chatting to them? They're just a person like you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, you were you, so mate. Good. You've you've got some of the best. Like you just walked up to us in the gym, and this is how we all met. Because and you you probably swallowed your pride, didn't give a shit if you got embarrassed, and put yourself out there. And yeah. you you the, the things that come from that are big. I spoke to Simon about two of them on the podcast last week. Two big ones for me where I felt really embarrassed. I went up at, at FitCon and spoke to Ben Francis before Gymshark got really big about a marketing agency that I was using that I went, then went on to use for the business that helped me a lot. And then two, I, I slash we, pitched to Stephen Baller for, for Expo. Yeah. Two massive things. I have things. never sweated so much in my life. But I just didn't give a shit about <laughs> yeah, being we embarrassed. And I got a lot from it, that both was, situations. That moment was, <clears throat> we, were very, we were good on the spot because that went from a two-second thing we were going to do to a 15-minute Dragon's Den pitch yeah. in a room full of people. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. But considering this was going to be a short podcast because you're not feeling well, I think it's been <laughs> one of our longer episodes, but very good on. I've enjoyed yeah, this one. I haven't had a lot of brain cells <laughs> or mental capacity today, but I think everything that's come out of my mouth has been so truthful because I don't have the energy to yeah. think. So anything I've said, if I've offended you today... It's honest as shit. Yeah, the honesty came out of my mouth today. But for everyone listening, if you are not subscribed, if you are not in tune with this podcast on a weekly basis, if you just listen and are not subscribed, it really helps us if you click that sparkly button. How long until the High Rock season kicks off? <sighs> no idea. You have no idea. My brain, is like, it's next October. Yeah, it's so in you've got October. a couple of months. So if you are doing a High Rocks, you plan on doing a High Rocks, you know you've got one coming up. Link will be in, in all the descriptions wherever you're watching to get involved in the My Coach Times hierarchy programming. If you want to jump on the track days, that will also be in there as well if you're local to us. So if you're kind of like Northwest, Cheshire area, you want to get involved in some of those track days, we will be trying to push them out UK wide at some point mm. next year or back end of this year. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. See you later.